I thought um, I'd share a poem of Oris Thomas uh, this morning as we're in the second week of Advent. It's called The Coming. And God held in his hand a small globe. Look, he said. The sun looked. Far off, as through water, he saw a scorched land of fierce colour. The light burned there. Crusted buildings cast their shadow. A bright serpent, a river uncoiled itself, radiant with slime. On a bare hill, a bare tree saddened the sky. Many people held out their thin arms to it as though waiting for a vanished April to return to its crossed boughs. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. Well, since uh, 2020 has not been a normal year by any stretch of the imagination, um, why approach Advent in exactly the same way that we normally do? Advent, a period of waiting, anticipation, the building of expectation, and a pointing towards a significant moment for us as Christians and for the world who doesn't know it. We know what we feel each Advent, and it will be mixed emotions. And for us, unlike that first Christmas, we know what the answer looks like. But this year, let's look at it from the perspective of Jesus, as we find meaning in the waiting. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. Well, what was the world uh, Jesus was looking at with his fathers in those days? Well, Jesus' homeland was in the middle of a main trade route uh, between Europe and Asia, the connecting places. It was a hub of anti-imperial uprisings. I mean, if you read the Old Testament, um, you know, a world of war, empires fighting and taking over and then losing their power. They were um, a Palestinian county and, and they were under Roman rule. Caesar, not a very nice man, was ruling. Herod, even worse with his power hungry, um, how he was threatened and he loved spilling blood. There were countercultural movements attempting to create better environments than Rome had provided. There were extremist groups, rebellions, some choosing to exclude themselves and escape to the hills, some rejecting the religious people, some rejecting the temple altogether. And there were protests against Herod. And God's chosen people were in exile again. Shane Claiborne, in his book, Jesus for President, says this, as Israel, Israel, as Israel continued to break the covenant and failed to be distinctive, God came to show us in one person all that Israel was meant to be. After over and over seeing God's people fail to live up to the law of love, it seemed God could not watch humanity continue to destroy herself. 
Amid the unresolved questions in the Hebrew story, one thing seems clear. Jesus came to fulfill the story begun in Abraham and Sarah. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. Well, it strikes me uh, that the world Jesus was looking at then hasn't much changed. And it is more need of a savior than ever before, possibly. So here is Jesus looking on with his father, and it's a mess. God has given his chosen people countless opportunities to recognize who he was and to choose the one thing that they were created for and that would bring them peace and abundance of joy and in this life it was a relationship with him. Now there's about 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament and that's a pretty long time to wait, isn't it? But what happened in the waiting? And I think this is significant for us today. The son watched them. Let me go there, he said. In the waiting, there's a shaping of what the Savior will look like. As we wait, we recognize what we need. We've all been there, haven't we? When we've had a situation or a circumstance or a relationship, um, this is when you're a bit older, and then um, you think it's the perfect situation and you've got the rose-colored glasses on and it's going to be wonderful. And years later, you think back on that time and you think, thank the Lord that didn't happen. It would have been a disaster. We live in the world of quick fix having it now, and so waiting is very, very uncomfortable for us. But so much would be less would be wasted. There would be so much less hurt if we just took some time. So on that night, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, people were able to recognize the Messiah. As God stepped down fully human as saviour to the world, as king, he really definitely didn't look like it, did he? A baby in a manger surrounded by animals and hay and probably some nasty smells. But those who had been waiting for Isaiah's prophecy to be fulfilled, for those that continued to walk with God, to worship him, to love him, God was doing something in them, and he was preparing them. And so when that Messiah arrived, in the form of a baby, those people knew exactly who he was. They didn't need to be told. They recognized it immediately. I love um, Simeon, the, the old man in the temple, when he sees Jesus For the first time, immediately he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. 
For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory of your people Israel. In this time of waiting, we are prepared so we recognize the Savior when he comes. There is meaning in the waiting. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. Secondly, space is created for the Savior to step into. If if he always steps in before we even know we need him to step in, we'll never know what it is to be without God, the one who loves us beyond measure. And so these people of that day, much like us, needed to really understand how to relate to this God of love. And they'd had years of trying and failing. And God knew the only way they would be able to relate was if he sent his son down in human form, something they could tangibly relate to and understand. Someone who they knew would understand who they were and were going through. And so he enters this space where people are desperate for him to enter in after waiting. And he understood how difficult it was under Roman rule because he lived under it himself. He understood what poverty was because he was born into it. He understood what it was to love because he loved and he paid the price. He knew what the cost was and did it anyway. And he understood suffering because he suffered himself for them and from us, for us. From that place, as he stepped in after the waiting, he changed things and they were saved. Um, I think God's timing on the vaccine approval uh, was perfect for Advent sermons. Um, We've waited all year for a vaccine, haven't we, as we've been locked down, shut in our homes, not seeing family. It's been been months since we've had a hug, um, and it's been awful. But in the waiting, we've understood more about COVID, its devastating impact. We've watched people suffer. We've experienced loss as people have died or loss of our freedom. And we understand um, and have a desire for it all to end. There's this anticipation. And everything is pinned on, on the vaccine. It has been for months, hasn't it? And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And then this year, this week, there was the announcement. A vaccine has been approved. And a, a few days later, that vaccine has arrived. You know, we knew what we needed We were prepared, we've been prepared in this time to know um, what it needs uh, to do. And now we've allowed space for it to happen. And I can tell you, I actually, I didn't realize how much stress I was holding in all these months. Because when I heard that news, there was like this physical, phew, it's here. It's going to take a few months uh, before it's rolled out and it starts having its impact. But it's here. Well, imagine how much more those people felt when they knew the Savior was here. Now, let's not confuse the vaccine as a Savior. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't hold that place. I'm not trying to say that. But it does give us a sense, doesn't it, of what it is to expect what Jesus can do when we allow him space to come in. And so the meaning is in the waiting as we open up and create space for him to come in. And there's space now. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. And then it creates a shift for us to see what is always there. The irony is that in all those years they were waiting, 400 and, you know, for all the years they were waiting, even, even before that when they were waiting for the Savior to come and get them from under the, all the kings that they were under or out of exile. You know, there, there were lots of things that happened that pointed towards God, wasn't there? there? There was a parting of a sea. I mean, if that doesn't tell you God's there, there was manna from heaven that provided for them every single day. You had little David killing Goliath with a stone. There were so many things that point to God being there anyway. And yet, they didn't see it. And so, as we uh, wait for Christmas, God is with us, just as he's always been. God is always here, just as he was on that day of his birth. He's with us when we don't notice. He's with us when we've pushed him away. He's with us when we try and do it on our own. God is with us right where we are at, all of the time. And as we wait in Advent at this time, we need to remember that. We need to refocus in this waiting. God is with us, Emmanuel. And it's a good time to reflect where we've shut him out, where we've tried to do it on our own where we haven't recognized that actually in the midst of all of this, he is here. The meaning is in the waiting. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. And then he never left them. You see, in the waiting, it molds a way for us to have acceptance rather than rejection. In that place of waiting, as we recognize that we, what we need and who we need, it brings us to a place of accepting and inviting Jesus in. It's a bit like a toddler trying to do something, um, you know, when they say, by myself, I do it myself. And they, you know, like zipping up a coat when you're trying to rush out the door. Yeah, you've all been there. And I don't have kids, and I've been there many times with a toddler. And they point, you know, trying to do it, getting it wrong. You're just wanting to do it until the point that they get frustrated, uh, probably throw a tantrum, and then hopefully let you do it, and you can step in and do it. Well, from God's perspective, I guess we never lose the toddler in us. As we wait in Advent, where we're at the end of trying it on our own, where we can abandon ourselves to God, then we find meaning in the waiting. The sun watched them. Let me go there, he said. So embrace the waiting this Advent. The sun is watching you as you grapple, as you search, as you cry out, as you weep as you're lonely, 
open up the space in this waiting. And as your anticipation builds, as your expectations build, as your hope builds, like it did that very first Christmas, then know that Jesus is looking on with his heart breaking, wanting to bring all he is to you, and he is saying to his father, let me go there to her, let me go there to him. So are you going to let him in? Are you going to find meaning in the waiting? Jesus is coming. Amen.